0: Hello, friend. Hello, friend. That's lame. Maybe I should give you a name. Maybe I should give you a name. What I'm about to tell you is top secret. The Coffee
1: Clatch Podcast.
2: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew. I'm Jason Pistorino.
3: I'm Christina Lomagino.
2: And this week, we try to defrag 403 Forbidden.
3: IMDb is giving this an 8.8, and Rotten Tomatoes a 100%. The critics say it's rare that the series can pause and effectively tell a grounded story not beholden to outlandish rigmarole that beggars belief. Thankfully, Forbidden, written by Courtney Looney, features a simple premise and a compelling guest turn and showcases a few different shades from our protagonists. Where last week's episode focused on grief, this one takes a time out to explore the necessity of human connection. I don't really want to read the synopsis because these brief summaries Hmm. are very weird. I don't know who's writing them for USA.
2: It's definitely someone young. I think USA has someone who they want to try to sound hip and with it. Because when you read them to me, I was like, this can't be real.
3: Okay, listen, 401, x time. Elliot plus Mr. Robot are back. Darlene deals with real shit. Tyrell's bored. Dom's paranoid AF. And yes, they wrote AF.
2: And when they said Elliot and Mr. Robot are back, it's B-A-K. <laughs> I don't know.
3: <laughs> maybe,
2: maybe it's code. Maybe there's some code in there.
3: 402, they literally, they literally wrote WTF is deus group. I just can't. I'm sorry.
2: Well, we're not young anymore. Are we getting old? Yeah. Maybe people are like, WTF is wrong with these two? (laughs) This is so cool.
3: I agree that this episode did feel more grounded. I don't know that we got a ton of new information. That might sound crazy because the opening scenes... Absolutely showcased something we've been longing to see. I was really happy to get more of the backstory on White Rose. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed understanding more about her motivations, where she's coming from, potentially why she's doing all this. But what it is that she's doing, there really were no more answers about that. There wasn't any additional information about what's going on with Elliot and his psyche So it felt like a lot happened, but I don't know how much we really moved the chess pieces forward.
2: It seems like Sam is still positioning the chess pieces. Speaking of Sam, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but a couple of days ago, I woke up and I was like, you know what? We're putting so much work into this podcast and we're getting decent downloads, not as big as we normally do. And that article where Sam said he was listening to podcasts and I figured it wasn't us. Let me just tweet at him. So I tweeted. I wrote, psst, did we get close to the answer? Question mark. Smiley face. He wrote back. That's exciting, right?
3: I can't believe that he did.
2: Not sure what your, quote, answer is, but I did read a theory that was dangerously close. So I was like, oh, okay, well, we were asking... Translation, I one.
3: don't listen to your I don't podcast. listen to your stupid and podcast. And even if I did, can you wade through the two hours of insane theories to tell me which one you're actually putting forward as your answer so that maybe I can give a conjecture? Listen, this was my note
2: in class that said, do you like me? Circle yes or no. Circle yes or no.
3: I know. In fairness, we did put forth a ton of different ideas last time. I was pretty connected to the we as the audience are the birth or core personality that's kind of in the background, not really getting pulled forward into the light too much. I wasn't entirely sure who that might be, if it's the little boy and there's explanations on that. We'll get more into that later if it's not really Elliot. And then the alters would be Elliot, Mr. Robot, and the other one, for which we had put forward some guesses on who the other one is. We also mentioned that it seemed like while Cypress National Bank was important, that maybe it was a bit of a red herring And the big thing was really going to be to mess up White Rose's timeline because she's always been about hacking time. So I thought it was really interesting that in this very next episode, she turned that on its head and said, she's going to screw with Price's timeline. Mm -hmm. So we were onto something with that.
2: And speaking of time, remember, we brought up the clock in last episode, and then they showed when White Rose and Chen were together in bed, Chen had that digital watch. It was the same time that was frozen on the clock for Elliot and Darlene
3: different second hand right so both were 1116 the clock that we saw had a second hand stopped at 37 and this one at 11 so again there's been all of these small gaps when we see time recorded minutes, seconds, brief periods of time does that support the theory about time travel or parallel universes, however you want to put that, it's starting to feel more and more like that. And especially given White Rose's backstory, you have to wonder, was she trying to figure out a way to go back in time and undo this error that was Chen's suicide? I mean,
2: all signs point to that. Her monocle is White Rose, which is the pivotal moment the very artsy spread of blood over the bouquet of white roses. This seems to be the turning point from Minister Zhang, kind of still an asshole. She, he's going to steal proprietary IBM stuff. Mm-hmm. He wants power, but he doesn't, you know, time. You're always looking at your watch. I don't want to go to that interview. I don't want. Yeah, don't. she
3: was so unenthused, but now it appears as though she has taken things from Chen.
2: Yeah. And
3: incorporated them into her new persona. This has become a part of her. And she talks an awful lot in the opening scenes about changing the world. So has this time in between been an effort for her to do that, to change the world and make it a better place for when she goes back and tries to bring Chen back to life? Has she been perhaps fooling all these people that are working for her into believing that she will bring their loved ones back? You know, that's how she got Angela hooked on this. I can bring your parents back. Mm-hmm. The same way she duped everyone on all the other projects, the whole deus group has been buying into this just so she could get her pet project, this machine built and shipped to the Congo. But the whole point was always just for one person, for the person she wants to bring back. I think that very elegantly fits in with what we're seeing here, but I don't know how any of that would tie into Elliot. We can get into some theorizing about that later.
2: But real quick, before I forget, Maybe it's not time travel. And of course, we touched upon this in past seasons, but we like to cover our bases. Evidence of last episode where we were just like, it could be this, 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 and this. Hmm. Maybe it's not time travel. Maybe Elliot is an example of White Rose's testing.
3: An experiment. We've an experiment. said that a lot. Yes. Yeah.
2: And we talked about how her machine right now is located extremely close to where Elliot grew up. Maybe it's not going back in time to stop Chen from killing himself. Maybe it's the ability to put Chen's
3: consciousness, consciousness
2: into some someone into else. an AI. Because maybe Elliot's, you know, all these consciousnesses, consciousnesses,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> you pluralize consciousness. consciousnesses.
2: Okay, uh, you know, we're put in Just by to see if that White could Rose. be done. Yeah, as like, a test, could I
3: implant? Why would you implant multiples?
2: It might have been a mistake.
3: Mm. Okay,
2: first try. I go back to either last episode or the episode before. When White Rose is in her robe outside, it looks like on a beautiful deck. And mm-hmm. her second in command says, we have to keep Elliot in line. Remind him who his master is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Which just, you know, it's a plan word, but it gives enough questioning of master. Hmm. You know, um, Frankenstein, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. the monster's master. But who knows, right? Sam, are we, are we right?
3: Yeah, Tweet y- again, us. you just said about 10 things. <laughs> so how is he supposed to respond to that? Let's slow it down for a second and talk about the origin of our title. For 403, we have forbidden, meaning the request contained valid data and was understood by the server, but the server is refusing action. This might be because the user doesn't have the necessary permission or is attempting a prohibited action making me think of when Elliot is trying to log in to Cypress National Bank with Olivia's credentials, but he doesn't have the security fob yet.
2: But also don't forget, Mr. Robot says in his first monologue of the episode, I keep trying to bring up that Vera is going to strike anytime soon, and it seems like there's a, he just keeps ignoring me. He won't let me in, a forbidden. Kind of on the nose.
3: Yeah, and we usually do get the interpretation of the title that's more straightforward and put out there in the episode. And then we get potentially how it could correspond. Is it forbidden connections, relationships, such Ah. as what we see between White Rose and Chen, also between Elliot and Olivia, that I don't think that's going to end well in any universe. (laughs) There's also a lot of meaning in the music this time, and that has become seemingly increasingly important throughout the episodes this season. First, we had Time, Clock of the Heart by Culture Club, playing as Zhang and Chen talk about their plans. What I thought was interesting for two of these songs, I pulled up the lyrics as they were playing. I was thinking to myself, man, this seems really perfectly suited to what's going on. This says, don't make me feel any colder. Time is like a clock in my heart. I felt I lost you from the start. In time, it could have been so much more. The time is precious, I know. The time has nothing to show because time won't give me time. I mean, couldn't that just be later White Rose talking about her experiences?
2: Oh, okay.
3: Then there's sort of this beautiful song that I couldn't place playing in the background when Zhang and Chen are talking just before he does kill himself. That's called Lover's Tears. And we get two during the scenes with Elliot and Olivia. One, Sick of Myself by Matthew Sweet that plays as he approaches her at the bar. The lyrics to that go, you don't know how you move me, deconstruct me and consume me. I'm all used up, I'm out of luck, I'm starstruck by something in your eyes that's keeping my hope alive. I'll take a leave, the room to breathe, the choice to leave it. I'll throw away a chance at greatness just to make this dream come into play. And we do see that despite the fact Elliot is trying to get information out of her, it appears that he genuinely falls for her throughout the course of their interactions, that he really likes Olivia. Mm -hmm. It seems that way. And I'm, I'm very nervous about that. The second song that plays is when Elliot kisses Olivia, and it's called Flesh Without Blood by Grimes. It's got a much darker message to it. The lyrics turn bad. It's kind of like you're not what I thought you were. And is that an indication about Olivia? About Elliot?
2: Oh, I wonder. One thing is for sure, and you already said this, things don't look good for Olivia. The fact that Elliot was being followed once he left Olivia's house by White Rose's army.
3: Don't know if that was White Rose.
2: Who do you think it was? Oh.
3: Could have been Vera. Vera. He said, I've been trying to track him down.
2: Yeah, but when he said they're listening and then it kind of panned over, it was listening devices and that's not Vera's style.
3: How do we know that?
2: Mm, I wonder.
3: Let's put it this way. I think it could mean bad news for Olivia. After all, we saw what happened to Shayla, somebody that got close to Elliot when Vera was in the picture. Now Vera is probably going to go after Krista, who just had this one (coughs) minor interaction with Elliot. So you would have to be very afraid for Olivia, but also do we have to be afraid for Elliot? She seemed... All too perfect and willing to go along with this Mm. and very into him, not noticing his very clumsy attempts here. That he's not as smooth with taking the security fob, being in the bathroom, knocking things over. Is she playing him? Um, Is she a White Rose Dark Army operative? She does work for them, their only contact at Cypress National Bank. Do you think she has no idea?
2: I wonder. You might be right. I just like to feel like um, Christian Slater is so smooth still. That he can land the girl.
3: I think it was (laughs) Elliot that landed the girl. All he did was buy her a drink, and then Elliot took over. It's the brokenness and the realness in Elliot that she liked, hopefully, unless that was all a play.
2: And we have seen White Rose's operatives go from super nice Mm -hmm. to, oh, my goodness, you're about to kill me.
3: Yep. And if she's been watching him and playing him, wouldn't that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Um, It could go either way. I I mean, I don't think this is going to be happily ever after for them, regardless of who's playing who here. Speaking of tracking time, this whole episode takes place on December 24th, the day before Christmas.
2: Except for the flashbacks.
3: Correct. In which we're going to 1982. We also get another amazing previously on sequence that shows us some important clips, but culminates to... A ton of voices asking repeatedly who is White Rose. And now we're going to jump into our synopsis where we get our first flashback sequence. Where in 1982, a young director Zhang, played by Ross Kurt Lee, negotiates this deal between IBM executives and the Chinese government regarding their first facility in Asia with the help of his translator Chen, played by Eugene Shaw. They make an offer to give the Chinese government a discount on tech licensing fees if they use their equipment. Of course. While Chen translates agreement, oh, yeah, this is a great deal. We're very pleased. Zhang is privately scoffing, making all these little comments in Mandarin, so rude. ending with, I look forward to stealing your intellectual property. Afterwards, Zhang and Chen lay together in the hotel room. Chen says he is sure Zhang will become the next U.S. ambassador. Then they could live here and openly be themselves. We get a couple of fun blips on the TV in the background. It's playing The Thing at first, the movie trailer, and then a commercial for USA. Of
2: course, I love it. The Great
3: American Network. When it's time for drinks with the other executives at the hotel bar, Zhang begs off, staying behind to finish the reports while Chen goes to represent them.
2: Well, there you go. Zhang didn't want to be bothered.
3: I think she wanted to stay behind so that she could put herself together for this big reveal to Chen. She had decided this is the moment. I want him to know who I really am. Because as he's walking out, we see Zhang with the mirrors in the background. So cool. And there are three mirrored images. At this point, they're off to her side. When Chen comes back later and she's fully dressed in her mother's dress, the whole outfit, we see her in the middle and then two mirrors, one on either side with her in the center. Yeah. So continuing to reinforce this idea of threes, right?
2: I love how careful Sam is with every frame. I remember talking about this season one with the way they were filming. He doesn't do this much anymore, where he would have the characters on the bottom left-hand side of the screen tightly together, and then the rest of the screen is taken up with space. You never saw that in TV.
3: So I just want to also put this out there. We've been conjecturing at three personas for Elliot. Does White Rose also have three? Is it a mistake that we're seeing all of these number threes with her?
2: Or is it just another hint at us that it's about three?
3: It's kind of weird now that they're tying it in, and we said maybe there is a connection Mm. because she has... This presentation of Minister Zhang as well as her true self, which she feels she truly is on the inside, white rose, but, you know, is there another one going on there? Does that mean something?
2: What was the time on the watch?
3: I'm getting to that. Because after much time passes, Chen finally returns from this meeting, and Zhang presents herself wearing the long white dress that she says belonged to her mother, saying she's been waiting for the right time to tell him. Chen replies, you're beautiful. And checks his watch yet again. The time now reads 11-16-11. So I know that some people have been talking about this, conjecturing, conjecturing that something big might happen on January the first, twenty sixteen. If you look at one one sixteen, but that's discounting the second hands. It's moving the decimal there. This is eleven sixteen, not one one sixteen. Oh,
2: I see. I was trying to get dividends of three, prime numbers, but no.
3: And I don't even think it's about that. I think the difference is the important part here because the clock stopped in Magda's room was 11, 16, 37. So a 26 second difference.
2: Okay. How old was Chen when he killed himself?
3: I don't know if we know his age.
2: We don't know, but I'm just wondering if that could be an age or how many years has it been? Has it been 26 years?
3: Mm, that could be. Or does she just need 26 seconds if you're going to bring somebody back? Okay. Oh. And that's the amount of time you need. To stop him. To stop him from doing that. Oh. I think there's been a lot of indicators of two times that are very, very close, but not quite. Maybe we can start looking if there's similarities there. In the meantime, though, we get this third flashback, the really critical one, where Zhang arrives at Chen's arranged wedding. He won't come out of the dressing room. As a joke, she sent white roses. Which I think is a little bit callous. Like what are you doing here? This represents death and is often used for funerals in Chinese culture.
2: I see the joke behind it, but if you're Chen, he is
3: destroyed. be like,
2: what the fuck? Is this a funeral for our relationship?
3: Right. Or even just my life. Dude, that's oh. not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if Zhang is quite appreciating yet the level. No. To which Chen is really becoming unhinged. He can't deal with this anymore. He's saying he can't marry a woman he'll never love. And Zheng keeps trying to encourage him to keep up the facade. She's not being made U.S. ambassador, but the committee made another offer Minister of State Security that would give her greater authority and power in, be- in Beijing, begging Chen to be patient. Now, of course, Chen does not have any patience left. He says, you should know better than anyone. If someone asks for your patience, they're asking for your surrender. Wow, what a great line, right?
2: I mean, yes, not one I want to live by, but it is a beautiful line.
3: And White Rose herself is going to use it in just a couple of scenes when she's dealing with her assistant later on mm-hmm. and how they're going to manage price.
2: We, we're asking for our <laughs> clatchers for patience for Friday <laughs> podcasts.
3: Here, Shang promises, I'll find a way to make the world better for us, I promise. But Chen replies, this world will never be good enough. He grabs a knife and slits his throat, spraying the blood on those white roses. And this shot, beautiful m- more than that, there's so many things happening. It's all black and white. There's black and white tiles going across the ground. The only thing that has color is the blood. And then you get the red words of the Mr. Robot title frame coming up in front of it.
2: Also, the camera angles, the way the movement of the camera, I thought was beautiful. Absolutely compelling. I think it's a beautiful marriage between Sam and Courtney, who wrote this episode. That's why maybe it feels a little different, but doesn't feel out of place. Mm -hmm. Um, And good on Sam to relinquish some of the responsibility, right? Yeah. He probably had so many ideas and he's like, I need to squash the two seasons together. I need someone to help me.
3: Trim it down a little. Yeah,
2: because everything's so precious to me. I need someone to come in and go, we can get rid of that. We can get rid of that. We can compile that together. And then she was like, let's get rid of this. And he was like, forbidden.
3: (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Let's move forward to present day, where Zhang lays out the same dress, telling her assistant she will wear it on the day the project is shipped. Quote, the day we begin to build a new world. So the day we begin, she doesn't think that she's actually done that yet. That's curious.
2: The day we begin something once it's moved.
3: Oh, but she says the day we begin to build a new world.
2: Oh, I the see. The exact
3: words that Chen had said. Well. In the flashback. The assistant says it's too early to celebrate. There are issues Freddie Lomax, the compromising of Grand Central, and now Price's abrupt resignation. She thinks this could be Elliot's next move. So Zhang says to give Price what, what he wants. wants.
1: I'm sorry.
2: Let him know that we will arrange a dais group meeting to confirm a successor. But, sir... Schedule the meeting for tomorrow. Tomorrow? If there's one way to disrupt a man's plans, it is to destabilize destabilize
3: his timeline. Yes! (laughs) If they're planning something, we won't wait for them to make a mistake but force them into one. The assistant doesn't think that's possible. Tomorrow is Christmas Day. That's very rash. But Zhang says she's been waiting the last 302 days to ship to the Congo. She's run out of patience and won't tolerate any more delays. As for the problem of CEO at E-Corp, well, that's not an issue, but give it to Tyrell.
2: Curious. I wonder why. Desperation or an idea that we're not aware of yet?
3: I think she sees Tyrell as a pure puppet at this point. They have just moved him into the exact position they want him. He'll jump if they say so, and they can control him. But that's
2: thinking that White Rose is ignorant to tyrell's plans which i doubt
3: no she doesn't have to be ignorant if she thinks she's got this all under control once the project ships she's going to get rid of elliot she's got tyrell's son so what does she have to worry about from him okay in the meantime as we mentioned elliot has other problems on the streets mr robot talks to us he says people who play russian roulette say that once you pull the trigger it It changes you.
0: you you can't go back to who you were before you heard that infamous click the sound of cheating death. We've been lucky so far, but I can't shake the feeling that there's a barrel pointed at us and we're running out of chances to get that empty chamber. I'm not sure what's taking Vera so long to come at us with bullets fully loaded. Every time I try to talk to Elliot about it, he puts up a wall. Like he's flat out throwing me a forbidden error, denying me the chance to even bring it up. But Vera's gonna find us sooner or later. And I just hope we see him coming when he does.
3: (laughs) Then Elliot runs into Krista on the streets. It turns out he tried calling her. After sending her a letter, he's really been pushing this. He just wanted to tell her he's been doing better and talking to Mr. Robot like she always said he should, finally making real progress. But she's very upset, reiterating they cannot have any contact. She doesn't feel safe around him. She finally yells at him to leave her alone or she'll take legal action.
2: And I believe this whole thing is really just a setup for Vera, that storyline.
3: Yeah, there was one interesting thing here. Elliot's wearing his hood up until he starts talking to her. He takes it down. Yes. And as soon as he's done with the conversation, he puts it back up.
2: I think he was trying to look less threatening to her.
3: Could just be a comfort thing or it could be a little bit of switching going on. Oh, okay. Marking things when, because later on we're going to get more extreme. Okay. With Elliot acting differently. But also we see at the end of this scene, he's being followed by DJ. Back at the abandoned safe building, Darlene notes it's fitting that's where Elliot has made his headquarters. It's where he started and it's where all of this will end. They also discuss their way into Cyprus National Bank, Olivia Cortez. Her character, by the way, played by Dominique Garcia, Andy Garcia's daughter. Mm. I don't know if you knew that's who she was. But she's Susan Jacobs' contact, the only U.S. account manager for Deus Group. Elliot finds information on Olivia, including a joint custody parenting agreement that consists of random drug testing. He notes that her accounts are impossible to access remotely, so they'll have to get access to her physical laptop. He then locates her calendar and sees she's going on a date tonight, on Christmas Eve. He prepares to go but tells Darlene to stay there. Of course, she protests. Elliot doesn't know what to do with her, so he asks Robot to talk sense to her. Again, when he's getting frustrated with Darlene, he turns the reins over.
2: I really love that interaction. I think, maybe I love it because I wish I could do that. Hmm. In certain certain circumstances in life, I could just turn on a different personality and sit back and (laughs) relax. You you
3: take care of this one. It doesn't work, though. Apparently, he's been doing that quite a lot. She says she's getting frustrated with the protective older brother thing. And that's when Elliot steps back in But acting very differently, he roughly grabs her and shakes her, ordering her to stay. And Darlene says, is this you? What's happening to you?
2: So I know what you're going to say. You think this is the third personality coming up. I
3: know it's on the nose, but we have been tracking these small little things. His lack of any remorse. Freddie Lomax had it coming. Anybody for Dark Army has it coming.
2: Do you notice when you say these things, uh, a couple episodes ago, you were talking about he says something really mean. And then there's twice in this one where it feels like it's him. It's this section right here, what you're talking about. And later on when he writes to Tyrell mm-hmm. saying they're listening, you notice Mr. Robot disappears at yeah. those moments. It could be.
3: Is he afraid of him?
2: Or just like Mr. Robot and Elliot were doing seasons prior, blocking everyone else oh, out. Oh, he's
3: taking the light. Mm-hmm. Mm. So maybe Mr. Robot's getting glimpses when he comes and that's how he knows he exists but neither one of them can control. This guy pushes them out. Anyway, it gets worse though. Darlene says, nothing's ever going to change with you, is it? He says no, and he never should have opened his door when she came back into town. I don't know, unless Elliot's getting extremely...
2: Impatient and...
3: off, Off the deep end. These things aren't like him. He's told us that he is shutting off emotion.
2: He's been off the deep end since season one.
3: But being emotionally unreactive to things like not grieving Angela's death is different from him acting completely separate to his normal personality. True. Those aren't really the same thing. And in fact, Mr. Robot gives us another speech here. And I don't think these are all just fluff. He says, there's no word for it. Orphan, widow, widower. What do you call someone who's lost everything? Mom, dad, sister, girlfriend, friends. A survivor or a walking time bomb? Elliot thinks the more he restricts everyone's access, the less vulnerable he'll be. But the trade-off is, if you block everyone, what's the point of existing? Now, also interesting, I am kind of off the track that I was on for a second about thinking the alternate personality could be his mother, primarily because the other one is being referred to as male. Yes. However, it is curious that Robot mentions three terms, orphan, widow, widower. An orphan being a child who's lost their parents. Right. Elliot, a widower being a man who's lost his wife, Mr. Robot. And then you have a widow, which would be a woman who's lost her husband. Mm-hmm. Also, I just think it'd be interesting if one of the personalities in there for Elliot was female.
2: It would be, but she was alive. If we're going off of... And we're we're not necessarily going off of it. I just presented it. But if we're going off of my idea that he was a test subject to bring back loved ones that died. Mm-hmm. And those are the personalities in there then it wouldn't be the mother because she was alive during those times. Why? She just died. Yeah,
3: but you still would have had to extract their consciousness. You don't think that you could put that in there Maybe.
2: Okay, okay.
3: Plus, he really didn't have a relationship
2: with him. Emotionally abusive, yeah.
3: Yeah, and we had talked about Mm -hmm. one of those common alters that you will see with DID is an embodiment of the abuser, which if we're following that, that that really happened, it was the mom who was abusive, you would have a persona that holds that inside of you.
2: Okay.
3: I still don't think that's as likely as a lot of the other choices we've brought up, but interesting wording here, by robot.
2: While we're talking about that scene to the last episode, where we get introduced to the fact that there is a third, at least a third personality, and we had stated that we don't believe that was Elliot as a kid. Vulture believes that it was a twin brother. Vulture.com.
3: Elliot's twin.
2: Yes, that we're not aware of.
3: Okay, so is that because of the other one phrasing? Like, the other brother? I don't know. The little boy in the room, you know, we gotta wait for the other one. It was kind of a, a thrown-in sentence. Because I just don't see how that fits with anything else we're talking about. I see it being more likely that he was adopted. That he wasn't the biological son, and you're looking at...
2: The biological The biological
3: son, son or some okay. other kid. I think that there would be more proof... And a different kind of connection if there was a twin present. And Darlene didn't know that. Like, I don't know. Mm. There's just a lot of weird stuff there that doesn't fit in for me. I
2: hear you. Okay.
3: Next, Elliot and Mr. Robot go to search Olivia's place. Elliot finds the prescription for Oxy in the bathroom. He hacks into her laptop and gets her credentials, but can't log in without the security fob. Now, we've mentioned this a couple of times. I sort of was understanding what it meant, but I wanted a better grasp on it. This might be obvious to some people, but a security fob is a hardware device with built-in authentication used to control and secure access to devices and computers. It displays a randomly generated access code, which changes every 30 to 60 seconds. And that I didn't understand. I was thinking to myself, when Elliot sneaks out of the room later and he takes the fob Mm -hmm. off of her keychain, why didn't he just look at the numbers? I see. And then go inside. <laughs> yeah, He's got to text that to Darlene right away because she has to enter it right away or it's no longer the same valid code. That's right. So just in case you didn't have that tech background, it put things into place better for me.
2: I feel like everyone needs a security fob for everything.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. Why don't we have that?
2: It's expensive.
3: Oh, is it?
2: The whole system, yeah. It's not just about the piece of plastic that does it. I think the president probably has it for the red button? If there even a red button anymore.
3: Well, I don't know how difficult this could be.
2: He's probably got an app for it now.
3: There was a website for Cypress National Bank that's been up, another thing that USA did. And you needed the credentials, the username, and a password. So during the episode, if you would have plugged in those numbers, mm-hmm. you would have been able to get in. Oh, so Obviously, cool. it changed 30 to 60 seconds later, but I found... Because brilliant people on Reddit found it, a site that will give you codes, and they're randomly generated every thirty to sixty seconds. So I entered it wrong the first time; I ran out of time and it didn't work. I had to go through it again.
2: That's cool, but that's um, you know that's like software front end JavaScript. That's cheap, but I think. Like, but it's
3: it's a similar idea of what we're talking about here, randomly generated numbers that are a code that will get you in somewhere. Anyhow, just a fun aside, each time it would give you a different quote, depending on when you logged in. Oh, that's cool. So the quote I got was, a man cannot be saved from his own foolishness or vice by someone else's efforts or protests, but only by the use of his own will. And that's Tesla and apparently a lot of the quotes that are on here. Our Tesla? Our Tesla, because somebody stated it in Reddit, I finally got one that's not a Tesla.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. Man, Sam just sits there and...
3: There's so much stuff. I wasn't Insane. even aware of this until I stumbled upon it. Anyway, it's at this point that Elliot thinks, due to bank protocol, Olivia will have that fob on her. So he actually has to meet her and find a way to get this. And he decides to go to the location where her date's scheduled, through OkCupid. Once there, at this bar, he sees that Evan stood Olivia up. is planning to blackmail her, using the Oxy and the custody agreement somehow. I don't know what he thinks she's going to do here.
2: It wouldn't have worked, because we now know that she wasn't taking Oxy.
3: Right. Well, luckily, Robot steps in. <laughs> he takes over here, buys her a drink, and charms his way into a conversation. But then he turns the reins back over to Elliot, and things go well. Olivia asks about his sob story. He admits his mother died yesterday. She opens up about her mother dying in Columbia. Elliot blurts out he was addicted to morphine. She doesn't quite know what to make of this. She asks if he's crazy, but then you realize she likes him. It's going very smoothly until Evan actually shows up. Olivia ditches him. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. She looks longingly at Elliot before leaving. You think the moment's going to pass. But Elliot runs outside, goes after her, kisses her, and they go back to her place.
2: This scene was very artsy with the boca when they were doing close-ups of Elliot and Olivia. I I just, I really enjoyed that with the music playing. It was
3: like a different movie, like a romantic movie. Yeah. Goes out and kisses her at the last (laughs) minute. You're cheering. I don't know if Sam just wanted to give us a moment of when. Elliot's happy he's connecting with somebody. When is the last time we saw that?
2: I didn't feel win just because I knew why he was talking to her. <laughs> I, felt
3: I mean, that, yes, initially, but yeah. it seemed like his feelings, his connection with her just took over at this point. He, he really was liking her. I feel
2: bad for Evan. I don't. No, he sounded it's like been he looked reiterated. like an
3: asshole. Well, and what Mr. Robot was saying when he was going through.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
3: He's just like, Evan is the worst. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but what I meant by that is, can you imagine walking up to someone and being like, Hey, it's you. And she's like, "It's not me," and you know it's her. And you're like, "I'm looking at a picture of you." No, nope, it's not me.
3: You I would feel so bad about myself. Show up.
2: Oh yeah, that was. What pretty is he? Late. Almost
3: an hour late on Christmas Eve. Oh, uh, that's true. Screw you, man. You're right. Chances passed. And the next morning, Elliot wakes up. He steals the fob off Olivia's keychain. I was heartbroken at this point. I was like, "Don't ruin it." He goes to the bathroom. He texts Darlene the RSA code, and she tells him the meeting has been set for tomorrow night. So it seems to be working. But then Olivia comes and startles Elliot. He knocks over the basket and the bottle of Oxy, and she opens up to him further, sharing that after her mother was murdered, she took a pill one day. It pulled her out of her black hole, but led her right to another, to addiction. She opens the bottle, revealing just a razor inside. Quote, a reminder that if I ever hate myself enough to start using again, I might as well kill myself. Mm. Elliot says he knows what it's like to hate yourself. He almost killed himself once too, but he promised a kid he'd take him to see The Martian. I had completely forgotten about that scene. And one of the critics talks about how brilliant this was, saying Malick and Garcia sell the idea. They're two broken people approaching the second act of their lives that they never thought they'd lead. For a brief, honest moment, as a streak of light hits their faces while sitting in the bathroom, they are comfortable and complete. And I do think that's true. Regardless... Who's playing who, or if they're both playing each other, that there was a moment that they shared together here. I could be wrong.
2: No, I, I believe it, it too. It felt genuine. They're both broken people and they're relating on some level. And it maybe could have worked for Elliot if all of this wasn't all happening. All this him. other stuff.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm way off topic right now, but I just thought of it. How could White Rose choose Tyrell as the next CEO? Without the dais. I thought the whole point was the dais had to get together and vote together.
3: Maybe the voting is really a formality.
2: Oh, wow. Like
3: he already has the person and he's just going to say, listen, the clear choice here is Tyrell. Hmm. He said he's planning to turn Price's ideas upside down, screw up his timeline. I don't know. I can't wait for this meeting to happen. I hope it's not all the way up until the last episode that we actually get to see that.
2: Well, who knows, because...
3: It's happening tomorrow, Christmas Day. How long could they string out Christmas Eve into Christmas Day? Well, we got
2: Vera's Vera's thing now Mm -hmm. to think about, which could take a whole episode. I mean, we still don't know who the third person is. Maybe the third person doesn't come out until Vera is about to kill him or something. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh, here comes the protector, the badass in Elliot. The Avenger. The Avenger, yeah. Yeah. I wonder.
3: Well, speaking of Vera, in the next scene... The back kitchen of Adelina Restaurant. Vera is giving out chickens with drugs stuffed inside. He's just Kinda a lovely smart. man.
2: Smart though, chickens are—they're pretty cheap.
3: They got a cavity. They got a cavity. <laughs> <laughs> when TJ comes to report on Elliot, he wonders why they don't just force him to help. Vera says, "In order for our kingdom to be built, I need a brilliant architect. A visionary doesn't work like that." I don't want Elliot to be my prisoner. I want him to be my partner. DJ says Elliot seems aloof, riding solo and not usually giving up much. But he did see him argue with a woman and got a picture. Vera presses DJ for details. But when he falls short of making connections, he turns to the boy and asks him what he sees. The boy says he feels bad because she's yelling. Like when my mom is mean to me, it makes him sad. Vera nods in agreement saying the kid is right. It's clear that this woman is important to Elliot. And then he shoots DJ.
2: For not getting that detail. I, I Man, don't... he
3: just doesn't give a shit, huh?
2: No, he doesn't. But I don't know what to make of Vera right now. I just don't... What does he need him for? What's this big, grandiose plan? And what does Elliot already know about it? Because it seems like he he, or one of his personalities Alders. knows something that we don't, mm-hmm. or Mr. Robot knows, doesn't know either. But... And I might get chastised for this. I don't care right now. Like, why do we need him back in the mix? I cared about
3: Vera for a long time. When I saw that he was coming back into the season, I was really frustrated, thinking mm-hmm. that's season one and it's smaller potatoes. Like we moved yeah. on to such bigger enemies and issues that we're dealing with. Unless Vera brings something to the table that Elliot needs, Elliot is finding himself in tighter and tighter positions with less help to go up against White Rose, the most formidable enemy this is going to come to a head very soon. And who does he have left, Darlene? So maybe he does need an ally and the altar has figured out something that he can use Vera for. It's just Elliot and Mr. Robot are not willing to tango with such a guy.
2: Maybe. One thing we have to keep in mind is there's 10 more episodes left. Mm -hmm. So we might not get this deus meeting for a while. We still haven't talked to, talked to, uh, seen what Dom's up to. The little bit we have, it's been little you know, little bits. So we know that Sam has to put her fully into the fold again.
3: Yeah, but I don't think the meeting is going to be the culmination of stuff with White Rose. We're literally Christmas Eve night. True. And the meeting is Christmas Day. Like, we believe, probably sometime in the morning. I don't think you could stretch 10 episodes.
2: No, no, no. That's not... You're right.
3: But I, I think... Something is going to happen there. It's still not going to reveal the breadth of White Rose's plans. Maybe we do lose Price shortly thereafter. I don't think we find out what her project is at that point in time. It's definitely going to bring Tyrell back into the fold. And maybe we do need to do that sooner rather than later. Have Mm. White Rose electing him the new CEO.
2: Yeah. And I'm curious to see what happens. Oh, That's another person that's going to be brought back into the fold, Tyrell. So he's got, I mean, he's got 10 episodes to do this. So I'm not doubting it at all. I'm just wondering if everything, and this happens with shows that we watch, everything we think is important in the beginning of a season may not be the most important once we get to the end.
3: I have to say, I was kind of feeling that way about Tyrell too, at the beginning of the season. Like, aren't we done with his storyline? And yet seeing him back in the room with Elliot later, acting crazy Tyrell back to the, we were going to be God's days. Yeah. I was kind of excited again. This guy's such a loose cannon. I don't know how much more we can milk him and his character unless there's new beats here. But it was fun to have him back on screen with Elliot.
2: It was fun. What if, I'm just going to throw this out there. What if the end of this season, the end of the show, culminates with White Rose failing, but she has a fail safe, presses a button or does something. And we see Elliot going back into that first restaurant that we saw in season one, episode one. And it starts all over again.
3: It's a reverse? Undo?
2: It, yeah, it's kind Do-over. of like a... Yeah, it's White Rose's fail-safe. If I fail, I go back to that moment. Mm. It's, this comes out of nowhere, but that'd kind of be a cool ending.
3: You'd have to send everybody back to that moment.
2: No, that's what I mean. Like, the whole thing starts all over again.
3: That's huge, though. That's bigger than just one person. Yes. That'd be an incredible feat, unless we are living in a matrix. Anyway, <laughs> the last scene, as we said... Mr. Robot opens it up saying, Who knew Olivia would be the one to override Elliot's attempts to deny access? Now that he's got the message, letting people in doesn't have to hurt. Mm. I don't know how Mr. Robot can be so off about this stuff, but I think he is. That's when Elliot notices the van following him. He thinks it's Dark Army, certainly, and that if White Rose is following them, he should just try to act normal. So he goes up to his apartment, but he finds the door is broken, so he enters cautiously. Well, Mr.
2: Robot is very concerned. Elliot seems uh, less concerned. He's like, "Well, let's just act as if it's normal. We have nothing to hide." But Elliot let's not happy forget he just got laid. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so he's like,
3: "It's all good, man."
2: But let's not forget maybe 24 hours ago, he was just drugged almost to death. Yeah, I know. In that same apartment?
3: I meant Mr. Robot is off saying, see, it's okay to let people in. Oh, no, no. Elliot should know. I'm saying... He's not off about being cautious.
2: No, of course not. I'm saying I thought it was a little weird that Elliot is so nonchalant. I mean, I would be petrified. I just almost died in this apartment, and now there's someone else in there again.
3: Like I said, he just got laid. No, I think he does believe what else is his play but to act normal.
2: Yeah, I feel you.
3: You know, what is he really going to do if if the Dark Army is following him and their reach is so extensive, he just has to hope they don't know completely what his plans are? This is almost just as bad, though, because Tyrell is waiting, and he just starts blurting this shit out. They gave him an offer. They're making him CEO of E-Corp. This is exactly what they've been waiting for. They're on the inside, and it's time to take them down now. Not able to stop him on time, Elliot frantically scrawls on a notepad. They're listening. In the last shot, the camera pans outside and over to the van before the episode ends. As I said at the top, I think that this just brings up a bunch more questions for us. Primarily surrounding White Rose, what is she trying to do? Is she attempting to bring Chen back somehow or change the world first? Does she think she's managed to do some of that already? What is her play with Price? It's not really clear. By moving up the meeting, we're going to mess Price's timeline, Price already knows he's resigning. That's his play. His play is to mess this up.
2: I don't know. Or, or Elliot's timeline to do something. I don't know.
3: Like, what does White Rose think she's destabilizing by moving the meeting to tomorrow? Just to get him out of the way, kill him, put Tyrell in. No move, idea. Move the shipment forward. What's going to happen with Olivia? Who's in the van? Is it Dark Army or Vera? And all the same questions we've been asking since the beginning of the season. Mostly still up in the air.
2: But let's not forget when Elliot wrote, they're listening and you brought this up and some Clatchers brought this up too. And we'll, we'll get to that during Clatcher's comments, but that didn't look like Elliot's handwriting. Oh. If you remember the red wheelbarrow journal he had, the handwriting was completely different. Mm -hmm. This felt more, it was kind of elegant the Mm -hmm. way he wrote it. That could be yet again, Mr. Robot disappeared at that time that could be the third.
3: Yeah. Well, so that the first three day missing time span that we still don't totally have accounted for from seasons past, that was having to do a lot with stuff with Tyrell. Could that have been the third altar? And is that why the third altar's is coming out now when we encounter Tyrell? So does he have to do with more difficult things like interactions with Vera or dealing with Tyrell and convincing him they're going to be gods together? This third guy could be kind of extreme.
2: I wonder because we used to look at Mr. Robot that way.
3: I mean, kind of. It was more as though he was able to take charge, be the guardian, the protector, as you had mentioned before, hold some of the moral ambiguity, the decisions that Elliot couldn't be responsible for, the knowledge of some difficult events from Elliot's past. That's not the same as being an Avenger. Being ruthless, Mm. dealing with shady characters, killing. That's not Mr. Robot either. True. So I, I could see evidence here possibly of the other personality. So Jason, that brings us to our robot rating for this episode. On a scale of 1 to 10, how many robots do you give 403 Forbidden?
2: I'm really enjoying this season. And I know it's still early, so I don't want to jump the gun. But I'm excited to see as things unfold, we're finally going to get answers. And he's still managing to give us more questions as well, which is very interesting. So for this one, I'm going to still hover around the nines. I'm going to give it an 8.9.
3: Yeah, I still enjoyed it. I feel similar to the last episode in that... The real joy for me was finding out more about White Rose, much like the exposition dump we got from Price in 402. We Mm -hmm. have more of the backstory on White Rose here. The stuff with Elliot and Robot wasn't as compelling as it has been, although I liked him getting a win with Olivia, (laughs) regardless if that lasts, it probably won't. I'm just going to go slightly down from last time and give it an 8.7.
2: But when we go down on episodes, it's not that... Most of the time, it's not that we don't like it as much necessarily. It's that the really really top episodes need to get their love, right? So they have to be higher this in grades. Is,
3: this is still very high ratings. We're hanging out in the high eights, low nines so far.
2: And now we move on to our Clatcher segment, the most exciting segment for me, where we move over to Twitter, at CKC Podcast and we ask our Clatchers, who is your MVH? This week has been so exciting for us, besides Sam Esmail basically saying, I don't know who you are. Um, <laughs> we got... About 20 new followers, which is so amazing. And I'm wondering, uh, Christine and myself, we created an ad 10 days ago and we put in $10 a day for 10 days of Elliot listening to the podcast podcast our podcast on a phone while he's walking in Brooklyn, just chilling, you know? Maybe it's Mr. Robot, maybe it's the third personality, but someone's listening to our podcast. So we made an ad for that and we pushed it out there. And I'm wondering if the $100 paid off, if these 20 followers found us because of that. So let us know. But while we're talking about that design, it's now officially out. It's here for you guys, the free wallpapers for your smartphone, for your tablet, and for your desktop If you want a Mr. Robot CKC wallpaper for your device, it's there. Just go to coffeeclatchcrew.com, click on Clatcher's Corner, Wallpapers, and you can download it for free. Don't worry, it doesn't say Coffee Clatch Crew really big and kind of um, ruin your background. It's just Elliot walking in Brooklyn, listening to our podcast. It's so cool. I have it on all my devices. And it's it's a gift to you guys as a thank you for following us. Again, coffeeclatchcrew.com, click on Wallpapers. All right, so this week we had Elliot, White Rose, slash Zhang, Vera, and Olivia. Our Clashers have voted, and coming in at last place, thank goodness, (laughs) Vera, with 5%. Uh, Well... We got to see a little bit more of him. We know that he's dangerous. We're starting to see how dangerous he could be. It looks like some loved ones around Elliot may be in
3: trouble. He has no hesitation killing this guy who presumably has been working for him for a long time. He's not as detail-oriented as Vera would like, but it seems he's been a loyal assistant and he just takes him out because some young boy was able to see things in a picture that DJ wasn't. So that is intimidating the almost philosophical way he talks and looks at situations is slightly more intriguing. I haven't been super high on this character coming back, but maybe there will be better stuff with him yet to come.
2: Yeah, I'm sure there is. But I don't know if I have the emotional wherewithal to add another character right now into...
3: (laughs) And I don't want to go back to talking about the Shayla stuff. If he does take Olivia out, wouldn't that feel like just returning to season one? I mean, there is a nice arc to that, I suppose, but...
2: It depends on what Vera's idea is. What's his plan? Maybe it's a a big enough plan to be intriguing.
3: Do you think Vera knows Tyrell? No. Getting those two together, Hmm. that would be
2: something. Oh, that would be something.
3: Coming in third place with 21% is Olivia. Well, we only scratched the surface here. And if some of our conjecturing is correct, either we have something to worry about from her or she's being taken out soon. So I don't think people want to emotionally invest in her too much.
2: Absolutely, but I think she got so many votes because we find her valuable. She made Elliot smile. We don't see that smile very often, and it means more to us. It means a lot to us, right?
3: It does. My concern here, Robot maybe almost ignorantly saying, this is a great thing for Elliot. I've been wanting him Hmm. to own his feelings. Elliot's kind of been saying, fuck my feelings all season. I don't have time for that. He actually listens to Robot for once, goes this route, connects with somebody... If something bad does happen to her, or him for getting involved with her, isn't that just going to prove his point? This is why I don't get close to people? Mr. Robot, what's your problem? Like, (laughs) you know, it's just going to reinforce all those bad ideas.
2: And in second place, White Rose slash Zhang. Getting closer. Getting closer. With 33%.
3: I'm a little shocked that in the episode we get more White Rose backstory, Mm -hmm. she didn't take the poll this time.
2: Look, it humanizes her a little bit, but we haven't forgotten all the things she's done. I mean, the top of the season, she's Angela was killed still because
3: still a her. bad person, yeah. <laughs> horrible. So we're like,
2: oh, she's done
3: great, but you know what? Y- y- well, you can Fine. empathize with somebody's <laughs> motivations when we talk about villains mm-hmm. or adversary characters in our stories. The really great ones are ones that do have a backstory. We can yes. see how did they come to the place where they are right now. But there are lines that once you cross them, being empathetic towards you doesn't make you a good person.
2: Right. But this is a great villain, though. I think what made White Rose not get the full MVH is that she hasn't struck yet. If and when she strikes, gains control of the chessboard, that's when she'll
3: win. Mm -hmm. Well, coming in first place with 42% is Elliot. How nice, because Elliot Hasn't had a win yet. We've had Mr. Robot and Price taking the polls so far. And he does have a moment of peace, a moment of happiness in the midst of quite a few seasons worth (sighs) of suffering and struggle. I really enjoyed seeing that for him. Thus, my vote also goes to Elliot. We're just in line with the polls this season.
2: We really are. I as well will go Elliot. But speaking of bad guys that you can empathize with or crosses the line of not being necessarily a bad guy to us, that reminds me of the movie that we will be reviewing this week for our Patreon podcast, and that's El Camino.
3: There were four options this month on the Patreon poll. I was probably least excited for this, I'll be honest about it, because I did not watch Breaking Bad. Everyone come at me. I know (laughs) that I need to see it. I've seen some episodes here and there. I do have a general idea of what the story was about, and I caught myself up with some reviews before we went into the movie. I still wondered, is this going to mean anything to me? Even knowing the history, if I don't have the emotional connection, do I care where Jesse goes after the story of Breaking Bad ends? No spoilers. I still found this interesting. I can't wait to talk about it. And if you want to hear about it, you're going to have to sign up for Patreon to get that movie review.
2: Just head on over to that same website. You might as well bookmark it, right? Go to coffeeclatchcrew.com, click on Patreon, and join us there. There are multitudes of tiers, so you don't have to join on the movie level. We have coffee break episodes every month. We have bonus episodes every month, movie polls. You get 10% off our gear store, and you know that you're helping Christine
3: and myself out. And you get entered into our monthly raffles, where you can win an item of free Coffee Clatch Crew merchandise. Plus, every tier higher up on the list you get all the rewards from the previous tier. So if you're on the movie level, you also get coffee breaks, bonus episodes. You get everything. In the meantime, we encourage you to keep interacting with us. Getting more votes on this Twitter poll is amazing. Let's find out what our Clatchers had to say about their MVH this week. Elsie says, I put Elliot, but really I'm voting for Mr. Robot. He got Elliot to open up, take a breath, and enjoy the moment. I love those scenes with Olivia, and even though I doubt it's possible, it would be nice if she stuck around. Somehow, I can't see Elliot as a stepfather.
2: (laughs) You know what? Me voting for Elliot is slash Mr. Robot this week as well.
3: I'm frustrated with Mr. Robot right now. (laughs) Do better. Gotta be better, man. Where is this insight? Dave says, I'm probably so wrong about this, but do you think White Rose is trying to use her secret project to bring back her love from the past before he kills himself so they can live how they want in the future? That's Kind of our big thought coming out of this episode, right?
2: Yeah, it's either bring back physically her love or be able to bring back the consciousness into
3: someone else. To import it. I think it adds up to the same thing. It's just a difference in what is her project. More on that to come in a minute. Stay tuned for us with the Closer Look.
2: Melly responded to Dave saying, I had the exact same thought. Otherwise, why would this backstory be so important? It has to be some form of motivation for her. Agreed.
3: So, right. And she's saying to her assistant, the day that our project ships, I want to wear this same dress. The one that was so iconic Mm -hmm. that I put on for Chen when we were really in love with each other. Wouldn't it be likely that if she thinks she's going to see him again, she wants to be wearing that dress? Absolutely. Nathan says it was nice to have a moment of heart amidst the anxiety of the show. It made me think about what type of heartfelt conversation I would like to have with someone given the right circumstances. I was legit mad at the OK Cupid guy for not taking the hint to back off. <laughs> yeah, screw you, Evan. You're the worst. Even if it was under the pretense of wanting the contents on the security fob, I love that Elliot connected with Olivia. They both needed it. Elliot's always depressed and guarded, so when he found a kindred spirit to be open with, I think the desire to kiss her was genuine. Yeah, to be with her. I agree.
2: Nathan had a great screenshot there of their faces. It looks genuine right there for Mm. sure.
3: And Rami Malek's acting. (laughs) I love him so much.
2: He's not kissing (laughs) you.
3: I can pretend, can't I?
2: (laughs) Kirk wrote also, Christina should be happy because we finally got some backstory about White Rose. And Jason should be happy because he finally found someone older than he is. White Rose's love story,
3: 1982. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) He's coming back at you for all those age comments. I think so. Melly says this episode felt a bit more slow, like they were preparing the terrain for the next big move, giving us background stories and getting into the minds of White Rose and Elliot. Yeah, laying that chessboard, right? Also, given the track record for Elliot's women, I think it's almost certain Olivia and the therapist will get killed sooner rather than later. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, I agree.
3: I agree. In addition to those, Elsie wrote in to say she's so excited she finally caught up with Mr. Robot. And it's some of the best TV she's ever seen. I can't believe I didn't know about it before listening to you guys. And now she was on the Twitter poll. So, so glad to have you with us for the Mr. Robot ride, Elsie.
2: And Sam, where's our check?
3: Martin says, "Longtime listener, first time contacting you guys. Big fan of the podcast. On the third personality theory, have you guys asked yourself the question why they put the drug dealer returning scene into the intro of the episode? This was after last episode had aired. Could it be the hidden entity of Elliot is Vera that for some reason he felt the need to kill his girlfriend in the first season and develop the drug dealer on his behalf? Now, I'm pretty sure this episode says that can't be whenever we're looking for confirmation Hmm. that a character exists separately outside of Elliot's mind, such as it can't be Darlene because we saw scenes like her doing ballet with Angela and how could that have been actually Elliot? We have Vera with the chickens in this scene while Elliot's involved with Olivia. So he couldn't have been.
2: Also, we had Darlene speaking to Vera as if it was Vera, not Elliot. Right. Just, you know, so...
3: And telling Elliot... You told me I didn't have to worry about Vera stopping by again. You know, I don't think that would add in. We got a couple of things about the third personality. Joe also wrote in asking about the Sam Esmail theory, which we had just briefly touched upon last episode. But he encouraged us not to forget that Elliot uses the username Sam Sepiel, which as fans know is a hint to Sam Esmail. He said once that his friend Sam taught him to hack, and we've now seen... Sam Esmail, in a couple of scenes. So where the real-life Esmail is giving these interviews, saying this is somebody who's been there all along, he has been, and in fact, Elliot's kind of absorbed him into part of his personality by the username and this friend who taught me things. So maybe that does make a little more sense than we've been giving it credit for. So thank you, Joe, for those points.
2: No, I, I agree, but when the reveal finally happens, and let's just say for dramatic purposes... Elliot turns to the camera, and we see the new face. Won't it be weird if it's the face we just saw of someone drugging Elliot?
3: Unless you do one of these weird mind things, right? Such as the scene that we got with Magda and the young boy, whoever he is, and you were saying, this could be not as it seems. We've seen Elliot showing us he's in an institution when actually Mm. he's in a prison. It's revealed later. We could be seeing this scene as a boardroom where really it's an experiment and a machine is whirring in the background, you had said. Couldn't the same thing be said for the OD here? Did Elliot just use and almost OD oh, on himself? OD himself. And Price comes in and finds him that way and is like, we got to save him? Oh, shit. Narcan? Oh, shit. So if Esmail is a darker side of Elliot's personality who is pushing him to use, is kind of the addictive side of things, almost ODs him, maybe gets into that fight with Robot earlier... Where he gets shot. I mean, there's a lot of things that could tie in that when I said this is too meta, I wasn't really piecing all of those clues together. And and as I think about that now, it it maybe does add up.
2: Joe wrote this? Yeah. Did he chastise you? Was he like, listen, dum-dum?
3: No, but he can feel free (laughs) to because I do tend to put things out of my mind when I don't like the theory and I shouldn't do that. Forbidden? Correct. We also got a couple of voicemails. Yes.
2: Christina Lemogino and
3: Jacob Torino
1: telling you all the things that you need to know. Yo. <laughs> what up, CKC? This is E-Man, the elder millennial.
3: E-Man. Been
1: a bit. Been a minute. How's it going? <laughs> so anyway, I just watched episode three for the second time I thought it was glorious. I have a feeling that might not be the consensus, but mm. I really appreciate it. Uh, Slow pace, you know. And the uh, white stuff was... Excellent. have some background there. I really like the uh, Elliot no one than the Olivia is a person too to kind of um, used to see um, her get through some things. Uh, kinda, I was just thinking about a point that kind of stood out to me is when Elliot was forcing Darlene to stay there, which was uh, not cool. But she like with him like, is it you? But, yeah. They're kind of going on that third-person thing. Which, by the way, you guys called that third-person real scene um, only a while back, and that's cool. And I've kind of just been assuming that, so it wasn't like a huge reveal to me. But, but man, can you think that that right? The second watch, I was just kind of thinking about this girl, Olivia, said her mother was murdered, and what, is she Susan Jeffers' daughter? I'm not sure. But, anyway, like, the way that Elliot is this, if you think about it, from the outside, it's like awful. Right? He is totally taking advantage of this girl and uh, just stealing from her, and it's just, the whole thing is just really awful. You know, he's but so. and then Olivia. But they do such a good job where you still, you know, feel for Elliot, and he's not really an anti hero. He's still kind of a hero, but. Um, you know, kind of a genius thing, I guess, but I mean, not extreme, but you know how it is. Anyway, um, I haven't called in a while, i to so say hi. You guys are deeply the best. Let's hear about podcasts. I've we'll others in their real amateur hours. You know what I mean? This round is on
2: me. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so Eman also bringing up the scene with Darlene and how Elliot was acting a little strangely. Could this be the third personality thing going on? And talking about Elliot as sort of the anti-hero, because he's fighting for good, but he's doing bad things, like taking advantage of Olivia in the process, a pattern that we've been seeing with him from the start.
2: It's good to hear from you again, man. He left one more. I think he forgot to say something. Let's see what he has to say.
1: Yo, CKC, this is E-Man again. I've got a little flustered there. I totally forgot kind of the purpose of my call. And I, I was thinking, you know, the whole White Rose thing. We finally got that big uh, exposition dump last episode. So too uh, with the whole project and data group and all that and it kind of comes down to like how sci-fi are we going here I mean it could easily be super sci-fi where he's creating I mean we've seen the machine and it looks like a particle collider where we call those things
2: yeah
1: um, like a turn very likely I've heard theories maybe you guys even talk about how he's like gathering all this data and he's been there since the internet was around you know, the Deus group, Jang, has been collecting all this data, so maybe there's gonna be like, uh, backups of ourselves, kind of thing, and, uh, I mean, time travel, of course, I mean, if there is time travel, it's gonna be like, oh, of course, because of all the facts for future references and such, and if there's not, it's gonna, I mean, Stamina's does a really good job laying the breadcrumbs picking up on things that should be picked up on if they're not it's still good whatever but i was just kind of thinking like you know how sci-fi is it and if it's super sci-fi like ellie's a robot is ai because of the all save the second l is gone all these little tidbits um i haven't been on reddit much uh just a little bit kind of see like a couple of headlines and I, I like that i don't know if you guys saw this but somebody taught that at all the, the All save right now there's a Third monitor stand just, just does not have a monitor, and uh, like Elliot and Mr. Robot are standing above the other two, and that kind of was foreshadowing. I mean, I bet if you look back to the first season, there's all kinds of foreshadowing. This is why the show is so awesome. Uh, I guess what I was saying is just I wouldn't be surprised if it's extremely out there, and if it is, it's going to be really hard to keep it from being silly. But, I mean, SNL hasn't done us wrong yet. Putting himself in there, I don't know about that. That was a little much. And I haven't heard anybody talking about goodbye friend. Like him actually saying those, like what those words mean. And it's not just...
2: Oh, I got cut off. Damn it.
3: Well, thank you for that additional catch. I didn't notice that. We were so concerned with the all-safe building sign reading AI. Mm. But the fact that there were three monitors and only two personalities there, robot standing over one, Elliot over the other. So further proof of the power of threes. I love it.
2: Absolutely. But we've also seen Mr. Robot on his own laptop in the corner. And it didn't mean much to me because at work I have three monitors.
3: <laughs> okay, but you know, we talked about the three mirrors in this episode.
2: True. Thank you, Eman, for your phone call.
3: Hello, this
0: is Elsie from New Jersey. I'm calling about Mr. Robot episode three. Wow, I really liked the episode. Although I have to say, what the heck? We didn't get anything from the big reveal last time. <laughs> Unless I totally missed an entire section of the episode. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe also then when Elliot talked to Krista, he was like, Everything's fine and I was like, How did you say that everything is fine when you just found out last episode that there's this fishy thing happen anyway, I liked it's, I it's liked true. the scene with Elliot and Krista. I thought it was really good, but I also felt like it was a little bit disingenuous of Elliot to say that to her. Oh man. And then Vera killing that guy in front of a kid. I was mm. like, wow. Vera is such a character. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I feel like he adds so much crazy into the show and I love it. I am so excited for where they're going this season. Especially after that big reveal at the end of the episode. I cannot wait. I have to say this episode I was one of my favorites with the parts of Elliot and Olivia. I just I miss Shayla. So much. She was one of my favorite characters. And I got a little bit of that vibe when Elliot and Olivia were hanging out. And I really liked that. And I am excited to see where it goes. So thanks, guys. I am looking forward to your podcast to come out on Friday. I cannot wait to hear what you guys have
3: to think of this episode.
2: Thank you, Elsie.
3: So I was feeling frustrated that the Shayla vibes were being brought back around, but I guess this worked for some people, which is great that you were connected to Shayla Mm. and thus Olivia reminding that brings back good feelings. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And a time when Elliot cared for somebody.
2: Elsie must hate me right now because I was saying I wasn't intrigued by Vera being back, but she loves...
3: But see, but that's good because we like certain parts of each episode and the season and other people have other things they're enjoying.
2: So thank you, Clatchers, for calling in. We love call-ins.
3: I also have to say thank you so much. We made mention on the last episode that it would really help support our podcast. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, if you could give us a quick review... On iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on, we did actually get a couple of new ones, so maybe that worked. Thank you to Lisa Winford, writer, teacher, mom, who both left reviews on the Mr. Robot channel, as well as Big Tom 78 who left one on the regular Coffee Clutch Crew channel. Keep them coming, please.
2: It helps us out tremendously.
3: Well, that's going to do it except for the closer look in our spoiler section. It is going to include our preview, but first we're going to talk about another theory for White Rose's project. And there's nothing too crazy in that section if you want to venture in there this time. But if not, we look forward to seeing you next time when we review episode 404. For those of you still here, E-Man brought up the idea of particle accelerators, which Jason, way back in the day, we talked about this as a possibility for White Rose's project when they actually showed us inside of that room a bit, it looks like a particle accelerator. I read something interesting. There are a lot of them in existence. Not all of them are extremely large or can generate a high amount of energy, but scientists tend to construct them underground, especially large ones. It protects them from being bumped and destabilized and also can make them a little harder to find. So if you want this to exist somewhere that's safer and harder to track, maybe that's why. White Rose is moving it somewhere obscure. For example, motorists driving down Interstate 280 in Northern California may not notice, but the main accelerator at SLAC National Accelerator Laboratory runs underground just beneath their wheels. That's also true for residents in villages in the Swiss-French countryside who live atop the highest energy particle collider in the world, the Hadron Collider. Scientists used these things to study compact particle beams and produced X-ray light for experiments in biology, material science, and physics, as well as other kinds of experiments. As far back as 2008, the Large Hadron Collider, operated by the European Organization for Nuclear Research, CERN, was charged with creating microscopic black holes that would allow physicists to detect extra dimensions. They've done a lot of research on some theories that we might consider sci-fi Are even things like time travel possible. But they also had an article about what would happen if a part of your body were to be hit by the proton beam that this particle accelerator creates. While they don't exactly know, they do know that it creates intense radiation. Ionizing radiation particles such as proteins wreak havoc on the body by breaking chemical bonds in DNA. This assault on a cell's genetic programming can kill the cell, stop it from dividing, or induce a cancerous mutation. So getting in the way of this beam or being around too much of it can definitely create cancer cells. It can also cause radiation poisoning. In fact, unfortunately, there's a man named Bugarski who did get his head in the way of a proton beam when it accidentally went off. Half of his face is paralyzed. He's reported to be deaf in one ear, has experienced a lot of seizures, grand mal seizures. And this was just a very small beam that he accidentally got hit with. So in talking about people that we know from this show who have worked at the Washington Township plant and had cancerous reactions, that could definitely be something. Uh, And a particle accelerator is something to keep in mind for the future. Finally, we got our preview for episode 404 up next time, where Darlene says she's lost everything except her brother, and she's now concerned he might be dead. Tyrell says, Have you ever considered leaving? Forget about all the mistakes you've made in this life and just go. And we see him walking out into the woods.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's an
3: awfully strange scene. Why are they
2: there? Maybe they're trying to run away from whomever is outside of the apartment.
3: Runaway, period. He's asking, Have you considered just leaving? Hmm. But Elliot says, I don't think there's a way out of this. You
2: can go to Russia and join Snowden.
3: Oh, dear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which, by the way, I just listened to the Mr. Mr. Robot. I just listened to the Joe Rogan experience. He had Snowden on there. Oh, really? It was a good podcast. I think there's so much more that Snowden could talk about. But he was talking about how the government gets information from all of us and how they're able to, to pull up anything. AT&T has every conversation, every call we've ever made, uh, all the way up to 1987. Not necessarily recordings back then of us speaking, but who we called.
3: Well, that was all White Rose's plan, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why she
3: started the internet.
2: That's why it reminded me of it. And he breaks down a lot about how now it's moved on to mobile and it's even worse. Mm. So definitely check that out. Everyone probably listens to Joe Rogan, so you probably already know about it, but... That's worth mentioning. Well, I didn't. No, that's true. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week. We've discussed so much. We have so much to learn. Maybe by the end of this season, Sam Asmell will listen to our podcast. But now I have to edit and get this out as soon as possible. Just a quick reminder, go over to CoffeeClatchCrew.com for our free Mr. Robot wallpapers for all your mobile devices. Just click on Clatcher's Corner and Wallpapers, and it's yours. Till next time, this round's on me. This round is on me.